Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023, and this is day 1841 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and glorify you above all others. Thank you so much, my Lord, for being our Abba Father, for directing our path, for sending your precious son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross and to raise up victorious over death, hell, and the grave all for us so that we could be reconciled back to you, so that we could spend eternity with you. I thank you so much, my Lord. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is Life's Special encounters. Yep. Many times God will allow us to encounter certain people in our lives that could end up being a blessing, not only for you, but for them, or not only for them, but for you. Did I say that right? Yeah. Vice versa. <laughs> we are here to to help uplift and and um, edify one another. God knows what we need and he will provide it in his own way. So let's take a look at this amazing woman in the Bible. Oh my gosh, one of my faves, the Shunammite woman. We don't even know her name. We just know her by where she lived. And uh, she's an amazing woman. We're coming out of 2 Kings, and I talk about her a lot. <laughs> uh, we're coming out of 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 8. And it says, One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a room on the roof and and put in it a bed and, and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. <laughs> you notice he called the Shunammite. <laughs> so he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, Tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What could be done for her? Elisha asked. In other words, she's fine. She has everything she needs, she's saying. And Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. So he recognized something significant, especially during those days. If you had no child, uh, that uh, was, um, or a son, that was like a curse uh, for you to not have a, a child, especially not having a son who would be able to 
carry out the family legacy, carry out the family name, and uh, take care of the family when the father died. And then with the husband being old, it was like less likely that she would be able to have a child. And verse 15 says, then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she, re she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Wasn't that unusual coming from this woman that all we saw was her, you know, being very uh, kind. And although this wasn't a kind thing, I think this was quite bold of her and honest of her. Uh, we just never saw that side of her until now that she objected. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. Don't mislead me. I don't. And I, I am just astonished and in awe of this woman for that. Verse 17 says, but the woman became pregnant and next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as, as Elijah had told her, which is proof that he was a prophet of God. When a prophet speaks uh, words to us, um, then they should come to pass. And that would be a sign of a true prophet. The child grew and one day <clears throat> he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. And after the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That, that's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down from me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So she didn't even tell her husband where she was going. She didn't tell her servants. She just got busy and took action. And you notice she didn't even tell her husband that their son had died. She put him on the bed of the man of God. When he saw her in, a di in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, did I tell you don't raise my hopes? There it is. There was something there that God allowed uh, other than the, the uh, reasons that we can see that he allowed this encounter to take place for other reasons. There were all these blessings, but there was something in her as we can see where she has been, maybe had a broken heart, maybe she had been let down in the past, and 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 that created a, a problem. The, the root issue for her 
was she had been let down, it sounds like, before. She said, why did you raise my hopes? Didn't I tell you? Don't do that. And Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. In other words, this is urgent. Don't stop for anyone. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went up, he went in, shut the door. All right. It is important to pay attention to those things. She shut the door behind her when she laid the child on the bed he shut the door behind him. No one else could come in. Many times we have to shut the door on the distractions, on the world, even on people that care about us to do what God has given us to do. So he went in and shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, as he stretched himself out on him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. She was delivered and set free. Her son was raised back to life. But there was more here than just the son's death, right? You can see that. She, she needed to be delivered from something that had bound her for some time. So let's go to our points. So for me, while, while working for the last organization before starting T-Zone, and actually it was one of the first companies I had worked for in years. I had been self-employed for a long time prior to this, and I was always a little skeptical about working for any companies because I had been hurt so bad. In the corporate world, I had gone through discrimination and unfair treatment and equitable treatment, uh, all the things you could imagine, and I could not stand working in corporate and I was very, very leery of working for anyone else. And I needed my freedom and I didn't want to be hurt again. So while working at the Center for Conflict Resolution, I enjoyed it so much. It was unlike any job, job I'd ever worked for. And I had my freedom. You know, I, I um, was given uh, the freedom to create and come up with business uh, ideas to make things even better. But but when I first started, I had to learn. And I was in schools and I, I shadowed others. And and uh, the first couple I, sh- I shadowed, I, I really didn't get much from them. Uh, and then my boss uh, sent me to another school to shadow uh, with another lady named Judy. I'll never forget it. Uh, I, while being at the school with her, um, 
she uh, taught me the ropes and on how to teach uh, the conflict resolution um, <clears throat> classes to youth and in a very creative way. Uh, she was very gifted in the arts. Um, uh, she would um, teach the youth on like one of the projects as we're teaching them about conflict. Uh, at the end, she would always have some type of an art project like uh, collages, bracelets, glass art, mosaics, self-portraits, etc. She always brought delicious big chocolate chip cookies <laughs> for the students. And after working together uh, for a few months, she said, Jackie, you need to be the lead teacher. I said, no, you're, you've been, uh, you're the lead teacher. And, uh, you know, and you've been doing this longer than me and, and you do such a great job. But she insisted. So I became the lead teacher and uh, she and I worked together as a wonderful team for a couple of years. And, and later she left the organization to pursue her passion, her dream uh, in arts and the arts. And I was promoted um, over the school program and to grow that. And she and I continued to stay in touch. Later, uh, a little over two years ago, when I started T-Zone, I needed to get our building that we were in at our old church ready. There were lots of things that need to be done and, and uh, repairs and, and all those things um, to even be set and ready to teach kids, you know, to make it a safe space. And uh, I didn't really, I didn't have the money for it and neither did the church. You know, we, <laughs> every little bit we brought in, we put it right back out. We did a, a lot of outreach and uh, serving and it was a small church uh, and not many people paid tithes. And every bit that we got in went towards that and, and any stipends that we could give to the leader, to the pastor, we did. Uh, so I was uh, in a, at a point, like at a fork, in the road for me at that time. And I, I didn't, I did not want to ask anybody for help because I had a, I had something deep down, just like the Shunammite woman of uh, being made promises to and, and being hurt, being left. And I, I didn't want, I, I didn't want that to happen again. So I, I would always just try to figure out how to do things myself. And I had been hurt uh, when I was younger by my dad, promising us things and, and not coming through for us. Um, and, and so as my parents were divorced. And so I just, I just had a wall up. I mean, I didn't even fully trust my husband when we first got married. I, I, I didn't because I carried that same stigma uh, into the marriage. And so later, you know, we were able to work through that. But so anyway, my friend, Judy, who was also a, a, a believer in the Lord, she called me one day and she said she had something for me and, she, you know, for me to come and pick it up. And, and she was always a big giver. So that was not <laughs> anything unusual. I mean, she would always have, hey, Jackie, here, try this. Or uh, I've got these papers or I've got this artwork. You want to use it or whatever it was. And and so when I got to her house, she gave me an envelope. I'll never forget it. It seems like it was just yesterday. And I opened it. I said, can I open it? She goes, yeah. And we were in her living room and I opened it. And it was a check 
for $20,000. And I told you that the repairs we needed to do in the church was at least $15,000. That $20,000 check blessed us to start and to get everything ready that we needed to get T-Zone up and on board. And I was just in tears. Uh, She goes, no, this is what I want to do. You use it as you need to use it. And uh, it was a great blessing. And ever since, she has been one of our board members for the first year and a half of T-Zone and and always an art teacher for us and still doing art as an art instructor um, for the kids at T-Zone, for all of us, really. <laughs> and uh, she loves what she does, and they love her. And I am using this as an example today because I can use so many of you, many of you who have helped us along this journey that I've encountered uh, with T-Zone and in life and meeting so many of you. Uh, But God put Judy on my heart today to share because it helped me uh, also uh, to get past a stigma that I had. And that was not trusting people, uh, giving just, just, having a short rope, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we'll be friends, but we can only go to this this far with it. <laughs> because I I didn't want to be hurt. I didn't I didn't want and I and I didn't want to hurt them either. Uh I just uh I even would say I'm not really a good friend person. I am there for you whenever you need me. I will do for you whatever you need me to do for you, but I'm not the type that's going to be sitting on the phone with you all day or going shopping with you and all those kind of things. That's not, but I, I am, I believe I'm a good friend, but not your uh, traditional type friend that the world makes. It seems like you should be. And of course, non-trust, because when people sometimes come across like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I don't want to, I have my guard up. So here's what I want to say. Who has God put in your life to encourage you, to uplift you, to sharpen you as iron sharpens iron? Who has that person been? And are you running from it? God is saying, I put them in your life for a reason. This is one of life's special encounters. I, one of my most special encounters was my husband. We met in the eighth grade. (laughs) And, you know, this has been one of the best journeys. It's been ups and downs, ins and outs, like any other journey. Uh, When you're with someone you love and uh, we've gone from being children together to being adults and having our three children and having our grandchild or and other spiritual grandchildren that are part of our lives. And that journey has been amazing. We've gone through in sickness and in health, uh, from threats of divorce <laughs> to making things right to now it's like cruise control. <laughs> We've been together for 50 years now. Uh, it'll be 45 years of marriage in June. 
Don't tell me God won't do it, right? He will. And whatever that encounter is that you, that special encounter, encounters you are experiencing, don't take them lightly. Begin to recognize what God is showing you. You see, because it's not only you that's going to receive, but God is going to use you to be a blessing to them as well. Judy has shared so many stories about how I've blessed her. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and my husband and I, we bless each other. Um, that's what it's about. So free yourself. Release whatever that is to God. Surrender it all. Whatever that is that's been holding you back from truly receiving everything God has for you. Let that go now. This is your day. And because God has so many great things in store for you. And you're blocking some of that. So whatever it is God shows you to do, start doing it right this second. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friends, is the most important step you could ever make in your life. That is the best encounter of your journey to be with Jesus for eternity. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Man. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex training trafficking awareness. Um, We are so, so grateful to each and every one of you. No matter what the amount is, you know, it is not about how big or how small. It's about the heart. You're giving whatever you give. I don't care if it's a dollar or a million dollars. You are giving from your heart. And that's what God looks at. And that's what we see. And we are so grateful to you for your donations. We need you and we're grateful to you. And thank you so much for not only your financial support, but for your prayers and for your volunteerism. We thank you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.